0: Today is the second Sunday after Easter, and the gospel reading appointed for this Sunday is taken from St. John's Gospel, the 10th chapter, beginning with the 11th verse. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And of the sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but a hireling, he was not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches and scatters them. To speak of the flock is to speak of the church, which the Lord has redeemed with the shedding of his precious blood. It is for the sheep that he has laid down his life, and because of his resurrection the flock lives and will ever live with the Lord. In the Easter season, as we think upon the resurrection of Christ Jesus, we hear of his care for his flock. Last Sunday, we heard of the Lord's calling of his holy apostles. The apostles bore witness to the resurrection, and all those who are called and ordained into the office of the holy ministry are called to proclaim the prophetic and apostolic doctrine. The Lord also called the apostles to loose the sins of those who repent of their sins, and to bind the sins of the impenitent this work also continues through the apostolic ministry the calling of the pastoral office is to preach the word administer the sacraments and exercise the office of the keys the binding and loosing of sins now in today's gospel we hear again of the lord gathering his sheep and we are made mindful of the distinction between those who serve as his under shepherds and the difference between them and the hirelings it is saint peter who speaks of the relationship between the church and her lord as between sheep and shepherd for we read in first peter chapter 2 for ye were like sheep going astray but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls or as we read in the old king james version for ye were as sheep going astray but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls and later in the same epistle saint peter thus gave instruction to the pastors writing to them Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. It is thus that the chief shepherd ministers to his flock, through those whom St. Paul calls the stewards of the mysteries of God, the called ministers of the word. Is the calling of the shepherds to thus feed the flock, and to defend it from the wolves. For we read in our Book of Concord, For the maintenance of pure doctrine, and for thorough, permanent, godly unity in the church, it is necessary not only that pure, wholesome doctrine be rightly presented, but also that the opponents who teach otherwise be reproved. For faithful shepherds, as Luther says, should do both. That is, feed or nourish the lambs, and and defend from the wolves so they may flee from strange voices and may separate the precious from the vile. St. Paul commanded in his epistle to St. Titus that a bishop must be one holding fast the faithful word, as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those who are of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not. For the sake of dishonest gain. The conflict between pastors and wolves is a necessary part of the ministry, for the many insubordinate voices must be silenced. St. Paul warned the pastors in Ephesus to beware those who would seek to destroy through the spread of false doctrine. For thus we read in Acts the 20th chapter that he said to them, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone, night and day, with tears. Being a shepherd the Latin word pastor, and being an overseer, the Greek episcopate or bishop, defines well the work of the apostolic ministry. Today the church also remembers one of the great shepherds of old, Dr. Martin Luther, for this is now the 500th anniversary of his bold confession at the Diet of Worms in Germany. When the emperor and the Roman Catholic hierarchy tried to get Luther to recant the gospel and to teach contrary to what God's word had impressed upon his conscience through the clear testimony of the divine word, Luther declared, Since your most serene majesty and your high mightinesses require of me a simple, clear, and direct answer, I will give one, and it is this. I cannot submit my faith either to the pope or to the council, because it is as clear as noonday that they have fallen into error and even into glaring inconsistency with themselves. If, then, I am not convinced by proof from Holy Scripture, or by cogent reasons, if I am not satisfied by the very text I have cited, and if my judgment is not in this way brought into subjection to God's word, I neither can nor will retract anything, for it cannot be safe or honest, for a Christian to speak against his conscience. Here I stand, I cannot do otherwise, God help me. This is the character of a faithful confession of the word. Now, sadly, in our age, there is little sign of such ongoing testimony, such commitment to a conscience bound to the divine word. For there are many who are led astray because they have itching ears and desire to hear some new doctrine. And there are always betrayers of the faith who will give them what their sinful hearts desire. There are many who end up meals in the bellies of the wolves because they will not heed the voice of the one who calls to them. But there are also the hirelings who flee in the face of danger, cowards who abandon the flock and serve their own bellies rather than Christ Jesus. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. It really is as simple as that. They fear the wolves more than they love the sheep. The plight of the church is growing more and more obviously dangerous in our time the church is at war and christ calls his shepherds to defend the flock jesus declared but whoever denies me before men him i will also deny before my father who is in heaven do not think that i came to bring peace on earth i did not come to bring peace but a sword for i have come to set a man against his father a daughter against her against her mother a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law a man's enemies are those of his own household Those who imagine that the wolves have retired and that the flock will abide in peace and solitude in this fallen world are living in a deadly delusion. Sheep who are caught in such delusion have already wandered far from the flock and are in danger of destruction. Often the sheep are utterly unaware of the threat that looms. The flock can be spooked by something that is no real threat at all, while showing no awareness of the real threat. That which St. Paul sets forth in his epistles to Titus and Timothy makes it very clear that that spiritual discernment is not something gained from the headlines or from idle conversation with the mob. In fact, the noise which comes from such sources is usually part of the problem. To Titus, Paul gave the admonition that the saints be taught to fulfill their vocations and avoid those temptations common to their station in life. Paul characterized the enemies of the faith in this way writing, They profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Such ones, he declared, are insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers. As such false teachers imperil the whole flock, Paul counseled Titus to uphold his responsibility to shepherd the flock, for he wrote in the third chapter, Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. And Titus was to teach the saints, for Paul instructed him, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. To Timothy, Paul spoke the admonition at the end of his ministry, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort, with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. It was the calling of the shepherd to endure such circumstances. For the sake of the flock. But as the under shepherds must contend against the temptations which confront them, so all those who are of Christ's church are called to repent of their failure, to be conformed to the image and likeness of our Redeemer. For thus we read in Second Peter chapter two, the verse just before today's epistle reading, as follows: For what cred is it if, when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently, but when you do good and suffer? If you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. Then follows the epistle reading, where we read, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. But we are often troubled by the concerns which confront us, and the temptation to live after the fashion of the world is always nearby. Isn't it easier to go along with the world than risk suffering for the sake of the gospel? When someone runs you down, isn't it easier to reply in kind than to suffer silently, knowing that the Lord will judge righteously? Seeking your own way, you would stumble into a pit and break your neck. That's the reality of sin. The way that seems easy to you, of compromising your Christian walk for the sake of the approval of others or for worldly gain seems like the way through to greener pastures. But in fact, it leads you out into the bleak desert of sin to waste away and perish. But the Lord is the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He has crushed the head of the serpent and overcome a foe far more powerful than any man. Satan, who seeks your destruction, has been defeated by Christ Jesus. It is Jesus, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, Might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Led astray by temptation and worldly desires, you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. There are many who refuse to repent, and who continue on in the way that leads to destruction. But for those who repent and believe, such ones have been gathered up by the Good Shepherd, as they who, having heard the voice of the Good Shepherd, have been gathered into his flock. Who are they who hear his voice? Those who hear the gospel and repent of their sins and believe that Jesus died for their salvation. They trust that though they are utterly unworthy of God's grace, the Lord in his mercy has opened the way of everlasting life through the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus laid down his life for the sheep and took it up again. He atoned for, paid for our sins through his own suffering and death so that in his resurrection we would have the promise of life. From generation to generation, the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd and follow after him. The transient voices of error cry out from the darkness, beckoning us to leave the way of life and be turned aside into death. But the clear voice of the good shepherd leads us onward toward him. He binds up the broken and strengthens the sick. He gives to us his means of grace to strengthen our faith amidst the temptations and trials of this life and fills us with the hope that trusts will come again in glory at the end of the age. Amen. Let us pray. God, who by the humiliation of thy Son didst raise up the fallen world, grant unto thy faithful ones perpetual gladness, and those whom thou hast delivered from the dangers of everlasting death, do thou make partakers of eternal joys, through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to join them today for the 10 a.m. worship service. Sunday school follows immediately after the divine service. Salem is located approximately two miles north of Malone, off of FM 308. For more information on Salem Lutheran Church and these broadcasts, you may visit us on the internet at www.salemlutheranchurch.net. These broadcasts are provided through the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.